Right now, you're being programmed. Are you being programmed, Robin? Do you know what programming is? We're recording this because today on Awake to Freedom, we're going to learn about programming and its effects on us through life and how we can change some of those effects into positives and quit the programming and the habits. So stay tuned to Awake to Freedom. It's just that it's a trip. It's a trippy subject with so many different connotations and beliefs. And, you know, um, I think uh, the first part of that is that, you know, first of all, the definition of programming, you know, like I, I first, I mean, I guess the first thing I would think of is I think back to those movies in the sixties and seventies of like robots, you know, like, you know, like the the Stepford wives or, you know, some of these movies where there was like people, but they weren't people, they were like programmed, you know, like robots. Um, And so that's kind of sticks in your head. And then you think, well, this is some sort of fairy tale. This is like a sci-fi movie. You know, what do you, what do you mean program? I mean, nobody's freaking programmed, right? We all have free will. We all, you know, we all have the ability to make our own decisions, but the reality of it is, um, it is a sci-fi movie. <laughs> totally, it, it, it is a sci-fi movie. That's that's what we're living. We're living a sci-fi movie. And when people can, um, I say people, all of us, you know, myself included, everyone, when we can accept that notion that programming is a is a seriously powerful form of of um, psyche control mind control, um, and even life control, um, we can move into a space of, you know, being aware of it, first of all, and then learning how to deprogram and, and, you know, understanding, uh, how to get away from it. Because let me tell you, man, um, the patterns that programming bring, especially like I've said many times on this show and, and, and I write about all the time, you know, we were, we were raised in a very fearful world. Yeah. Um, and so the, 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 the yeah, very, very fearful. And, and like I said, I've written articles about why that is and, you know, the, the Great Depression and what our grandparents and subsequently our parents went through and their lack. I mean, everything was lack. It was lack. You know, we didn't have enough. We just didn't have enough of this and that. So right. we were we were raised with the with an eye on the carnal things, on the material things. You know, you've got to have food. You've got to have clothes. You need the house on the hill got to keep up with the Joneses. You need this, you need that. And, um, no fault of their own. I mean, they were just scared shitless and, and that's what happens when you're scared shitless. You pass that, that fear down to your kids. And that's what we were, that's what we were given. And one of the things too, you know, I was going to just point out, you know, living in the United States, we're, we're born in the United States. Our country is fear and consumption. Of course. So there's no other way around it. I mean, that's pretty much what the United States is fear. Right and consumption yes and the fear and the fear comes from running out of things Uh, you're 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 fearing lack when in reality this universe is abundant i mean overly abundant i mean there's enough for everybody there's enough money there's enough joy there's enough happiness there's enough relationships there's enough healing there's enough health 
there's enough for everybody. There's not, it, it, it's not a situation where something's going to run out and you're going to be the one, you're going to be the one kid with no straw in his hand. Yeah, that, that's right. not, that's not correct. And that's what we were raised because of things. I mean, sub, I mean, our, our generation specifically got affected by the great depression deeply because of what happened. And, and it, what, an, I mean, if anybody ever wants to research um, and do real research, don't just read the history books, Right. Um, you know, really look at, at what happened during the great depression, how it came about, how it affected people, um, you know, and, and what, what happened to our grandparents firstly, um, and then how they raised our parents and then how our parents raised us. Um, that's, that's what we were stuck with. And what happened was, um, you know, the fear that ran through those people, those generations was given to us in weird decadent ways. Um, just extremely, I don't even know, carnalistic, you know, really materialistic uh, ways to where we were raised believing that more was better and more was better because there's not enough for everybody. So we need our slice of the pie and that programming will kill you. I mean, it will absolutely kill you because you're chasing after the wrong thing. Can I just Um, interrupt interrupt and say, yeah, yeah, go for it. Wait, am I echoing? Am I not sounding good? No, no, not at all. I just don't want you to think you're interrupting me. Go, go, oh, go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it's such a blessing to not feel those ways anymore. Of course, of course. Um, you know, just to let to let things go. I know we still live in a, in a very fast-paced, consumer-based, yep. fear world, but right. to just be able to back up and say, man, I'm out of the race. Right. Just chill right. out. Right. Enjoy life on a different level. It's it's been a right. beautiful experience. So that well, your yeah, your perspective your perspective is different now, right? It has. I mean, the world necessarily hasn't changed, but your perspective has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just and, and and it's so freeing. I mean, it's just so freeing. The, the freedom is in that. The freedom is in the unhooking of our psyche and our belief and our perspective to what the world believes is important and really valuing and honoring what is important, which is love. Um, that's the most, I mean, you know, again, we, we said it almost every episode, Awake to Freedom, it's the, it's the most perfect thing you could ever name the show because the reality of it is, as you do, you, you wake up and you realize that you're actually free. Yeah. You, can, you can think free thoughts. You, you don't have to be programmed. You don't have to be patternistic. You don't have to be a sheep, like you said many times. You don't have to follow the masses. I can be you, Eric. You can be Eric Decker, God's creation, pure love, pure joy, um, and insp- an, an inspiration to all. A fuck up, uh, you know, somebody who makes mistakes, somebody who who learns from them. Hopefully, somebody you know. You can be anything and anyone you desire to be. Right. And that is not what we were raised to believe, Eric. That was not what we were raised to believe. We were raised to believe we were supposed to fit into a box and do everything everybody else was supposed to do. Yeah. That's what we were supposed to do. And here's the kicker. We were supposed to be better at it than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you the best. You got to win. You got to win. You got to win. It's, it's a competition. It's a foot on the face. Everything's a foot on the face. And um, I don't like putting foots on people's faces. I, I never like that. That never make me feel good. You know, I, I don't want to compete. I don't want to compete with anybody. Um, that's just not a good feeling to me because when you do that, somebody's got to lose. And I don't like to see anybody suffer. Um, now, now, do you believe that like our parents or that generation were doing it on purpose? Per no, or they no. Just, they just, they thought that's the way it had to be too. Well, this whole, yeah, no, this whole show's on programming and yeah. they were program they were programmed. And so were their grandparents and so, or so were our grandparents and their parents. And, you know, this has gone back for thousands of years. I'm just, you know, I mean, we, we can only go back so far. And, and the great depression was a huge event, a huge event in our generation that affected all of us deeply, greatly. Um, I'm going to back up just for a second. And I want to start with uh, this morning, just waiting for you to call. I was, uh, 
I looked up programming, just wanted to look what the definition was. And, you know, there's obviously computer programming and there's other definitions, but this one definition, I was just, my, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, holy crap, man, if that doesn't explain exactly what we're going with here. Um, it says to provide with coded instructions for the automatic performance of a task. Wow. Wow. To pro- to provide, okay. So let's let's go back. Let's just look at. I'm going to just bring up my upbringing, okay. Okay. And I'm going to bring up my parents specifically. My parents specifically. So my parents have fear running through them. They were raised to believe there was lack in the world. They were raised to believe that you had to have certain things to be happy, whatever it was, right? So they provided me through their filter of fear, coded instructions for me to have the automatic performance of whatever task I was to do, which is subconscious. I mean, they just completely filled my subconscious psyche and, and gave, gave me patterns in my life that were in alignment with the fear that they gave me. That's exactly what programming is. Exactly. And it didn't just come from my parents. It came from the media. It came from my teachers. It came from my coaches. It came from pastors and priests and politicians. It came from everywhere, everywhere, because the world in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s was permeated with fear. There wasn't anything that wasn't filtered through fear in those generations, everything. Well, I think, I think we still live in that mindset somewhat. You know, we have a president that says the economy is great, and I'm not getting political, but we have a president. No, no, I, I understand. A president says the economy is great. Well, that's the first thing people want to hear because they can get more. Right. People are still using that consumer thing. And then the fear, right. Right. I mean, we, we see the fear every day, so it's like the same. Right. What do I always call it? Walking the vicious circle? It's like when you the vicious, step yeah. back and just yeah. watch the vicious circle in anything. It's just right. repeated history. Right. I'll t- I'll t- and I'll play, the, I'll play the devil's advocate here. Um, yes, it's still here. That's why we're having a, a, a whole show or maybe two episodes on programming because it is still here. If it wasn't here, we wouldn't be talking about it. Obviously, it's here. But the beautiful thing is we're doing a show about how to deprogram. Yeah. <laughs> you see the different in the sixties and seventies. I mean, again, we've talked about that too. There was awake people all through all these generations. Don't get me wrong. There was subsets of people who understood the truth and, and practiced the truth and, and did the same thing you and I did, which is back up and look at it from a different perspective. But there's it's, it's in mass. Now there's more people now waking up every day than there ever has been. And they're questioning things. And that's, that's how you get out of programming is you start to question. I mean, you have to question is what I'm doing in alignment with what makes me feel good. Is what I'm doing in alignment with what makes my heart happy is what I'm doing in alignment with what brings me love and good relationships and, and my creative freedom and expression is what I'm doing doing that. And if you could ask yourself those questions and then subsequently find the answers, and if you realize that what you're doing based on your actions and, and your words and, and, and how you live your life aren't in alignment with that, then you can go about making the changes you need to, to make to, um, you know, deprogram and, and, and get out of that, get out of that freaking you know, muck, that, that crappy experience of feeling like you're numb you know, you so just go through life numb. You know? Let's look at it this way, Walker. I know you're you're a man of many words and just beautiful, but say somebody's listening to this show and, and mm-hmm. struggling with the programming, and it's just that now they're older and it's a personal battle with their mind, like it was for right. you and me. Because of course always, it was. You know, um, so what do you say to, you know, people now? How can you... Well, yeah, that's some advice. I mean, if somebody well, uh, yeah, and it's you're going to have to again. You got to kind of start from the beginning. Let's kind of jump it ahead yeah. a little bit. So let's back up real quick. And and like I said, okay. So so let's 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 first of all say we let's all admit that we've been programmed. Okay, that's the first thing we have to do. Yes, we've all been programmed. We absolutely have everybody, and I still am, and you still are to a certain degree. Everybody is. We all still are. Okay. So is this something that we want to do and where does it come from where does it stem from well programming doesn't come from your heart or your soul because that's pure that's god-given that's that's divine that's something that that never changes wanes or 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 loses its its grip on love where programming comes from and where it stems from is our mind it's what we believe and what we think it's our perspective 
it's that filter of fear that's between our ears. And that's where we have that's where we have to go to fix the programming. And and Joaquin, I want to I want to stop you because you need to yeah. get the right to that bumper sticker right now. It's yeah. the fear between our ears. The fear um, is between, it is no yeah, question. So we'll make it is to say that. Uh, I, I I mean, but but that's just it. it I think is. some some sometimes people think that we're all just one unit, right? We're all just it's, I'm just me. I'm just a big lump of mass, and everything that I do is just who I am, and that's bullshit. We're three parts. Right. We're a spirit and a soul, which God gave us. And, and hopefully, and God willingly, we're all trying to live through that space, okay? We're a mind, which is how we create our lives, because what we think is what we are, and what we bring, and, and, and what, we, what we have in our lives. And then we're our body, which is our mass. And unfortunately, our mind controls our body. And so that's why you see people who are like myself, who've, who've dealt with obesity and, and, and self-destructive habits your whole life. It, it didn't come from me. Um, having a um, habit of overeating, it came from my mind and what I believed I was and what I believed I deserved in my life. That's where it came from, okay? And that's where programming stems, okay? So, so now we know where it comes from. It comes from our mind, right? So knowing that, that's where we have to start if we want to deprogram, um, figure out why we do what we do. All those things come from our mind. Now, and, and, and you know this, and I know this too, the way we live our lives, our mind is so racy. It, it just so, it's so just off the rails all the time. Just this thought, that thought, this thought. What about the bills? What about the kids? What about this? Well, I got to get this. Your mind would never, ever, ever, without the tools and the resources that we now have, be able to, to slow down enough to understand no. all the things we understand now, who we really are, what we really want, the power of, of patternistic living and, and, and programming and all the things it could never slow down enough to, to even consider healing itself unless we, we use those tools, which is, I mean, again, prayer and meditation are primary. You have to be able to. I think the, the first two. I mean, I think. They, they, you can't, you can't, first of all, when I talk about prayer, I'm talking about, um, you know, your, your communication with God. And, and you know, again, I, I always struggled with prayer growing up because I always thought, I always felt like I was on my knees asking for something, you know, um, almost like I don't, <laughs> I don't have this in a world of lack. Can I please have this daddy? Yeah. Yeah. And that never but felt yeah. right to me. I never, I never thought that was really what prayer should be. And now I understand that it's not my prayers are, are gratitude and just, you know, thank you mostly just thank you so much. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, when I say thank you to God or the universe or the creator, mm. You know, I, I have to say that because we have a lot of listeners that not necessarily believe in God, but there is a higher power, be it the of universe. Course. I mean, of scientists course. just confirmed the other day that the galaxies, the, the universe is growing at speeds they never imagined. Well, that's because right. the vivid creation is happening. Oh, of course it is. And uh, Absolutely. So, so when we talk about higher power or whatever, there is a voice in all of us. If you want to there is. deny it all you want, but there is. Mm. Well, and only we, and I, I've had this discussion with my wife many times, and you know our discussions go extremely deep, especially since we were both raised religiously, and her Catholic, her Catholic, and me Christian. So you, you know we talk a lot about that, and I think the reason people are atheists, and the reason, and this doesn't, this is a very broad statement. I'm not saying it applies to every single person, but but these people that don't believe in God, blah blah blah, it's because of the God, the God that they were shown, and the God that they were taught to believe in doesn't exist. And I agree with them. It doesn't exist. There is no he up there judging you, sending you to hell if you do something wrong. Right. That's horseshit. That's complete and total horseshit. There is a consciousness in our world that is love-based, that is only love. And that is who God is. It's not a he in the sky judging you. It is love. And, and that is where I'm going with that. And so when we pray, we're asking for love. We're, we're giving love and we're receiving love and it's coming through us and, and it's, and it's exuding from us um, to other people, to our experiences, through our perspectives, through our lives, because that is what the truth is. The truth is love. So when I talk about prayer, like I said, I struggled with prayer in my life because I, I felt like I was groveling almost, right? Like, oh, my God, can I have this? Can I please have this? My life is so fucked up. Can I please have this? Well, I don't feel... I, yeah, it's almost like 
you know, you're going to your daddy, you know, can I have allowance? Can I have money? You know, can I have this and that? That's not what prayer is to me. Okay. Yeah. This is totally, totally my perspective. But, but to me, prayer is, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for breath. Thank you for life. Thank you for consciousness. Thank you for healing. Thank you for growth. Thank you for, for, for enlightenment. Thank you for allowing me to understand myself in different ways and different experiences. Um, when you give the universe that type of energy, dude, um, <laughs> I can't tell you the blessings and the bounty that come from it because it just it, it, it is the way it is. The universe responds with yes all the time, all the time. Yes, yes, this is an abundance. Yes, you can have this. Yes, 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 yes. Right. But if you, but if in your head you're saying things like I'm a piece of shit and the universe says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. And then guess, guess what you get more of? You get yeah. more of, you get more of the situations that create the belief about yourself and you will be a piece of shit and you will be continuing to show yourself that that's the way it is. Yeah. And I so see. it's so important that we speak positively to the universe and that we send out good vibes and, and good energy and we're thankful and we're grateful for what we have. That is in, so important. So, so primary, so paramount that we do that. And then the meditation, dude, it, it, you know, again, we did a show on it. My wife is, is just fantastic on the subject. Uh, anything I ever have a struggle with, I go to her and she, she, it's, it's amazing to have that resource. But until we can slow our minds down, and until we can get to a conscious space without the subconscious programming, without the ego chattering in our mind, without the negative self-talk, without the crap, right? Without that, that, that rap, that, 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 you know, that, that hamster wheel running around in our mind, yeah. we, we can't possibly understand and deprogram from anything. So we must use our tools and our resources first before we can move into healing. Now, I have a story about programming, and, and this is, a, this is a, an interesting one, and I think you could probably totally relate and the power of programming. Um, first of all, I believe that, that the majority of our programming, at least in, you know, in the lives of, 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 of my, my own life and the lives of those that I was brought up with and was raised, my peer group, people that I have been around in my life, the majority of our programming comes from our parents. And the reason it does is because for the first, you know, seven, eight years, we are, first of all, in our formative years, formative years, where we, where we revere our parents, we look up to our parents and, and what they teach us. We, we just, we don't run that through any filter of, is this true or false? Is this good right. or bad? Right. Does this, does this, does this resonate with me at all? No, we don't do that. We, we just accept, we, no, we don't question it because these are our parents. We have reverence towards them, the, the utmost reverence. So we just accept it as the truth. And so we live our lives accordingly. So when I was a child, um, I would ride around with my mom and dad a, a lot. We would go to church or we'd go on vacation or we'd go to the store, whatever it was. I'd be in the car with my mom and dad, my stepdad and my mom. And um, we would and invariably, you know, wherever we were, we would see people who were begging and, and homeless and on the streets or whatever. And I never once saw my parents give a, a, a thin dime to any of these people. And not only that, they judged these people and they judged them in ways like they could get a job just like us. Um, look at this guy. He's out here just, just begging for something, blah, 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 what, whatever it was, whatever, whatever that was. But I witnessed it as a child. You know, I'm looking up at my parents and I'm seeing them interact with, with the world this way. And so for the first 35 or certainly when I started driving and, and I was out on the streets doing my own thing, I adopted that belief. I never gave a penny to a homeless person ever in my life. Um, I said the exact same thing in my head. These people will get a job. They don't need my money. I work hard for my money. I'm not giving them a fucking thing. Right. And that, that's what I said to myself because that's what I saw. I was programmed to believe that that was what we should do in that situation. Right. Oh, I agree. Um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't do that anymore. I, I don't, I don't believe that that's true. In fact, I know it's not. Um, I know now from doing massive amounts of research on the people on the street that the majority of these people don't want to be there. No. Um, and the challenges they have in getting a job are far worse than what people think they are. First of all, most of them don't have an ID and they can't get a job. A lot of them, 
Um, you know, a huge percentage of these people are, are, are uh, mentally ill in some way, shape, or form, and they couldn't possibly go work like you or I. So they have no resources. They have, they have, they have nothing. So when I see them now, I give hugs. I give money. I give advice. I give love. I, uh, I yeah. just want to tie into your story. Don't get your you, please, No, please do. Tie this in. This will be real quick. My thoughts were always the same. Yeah. My thoughts were always the same about the homeless. But I look at it this way now, too, to add to your, your thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends and, and stuff, and you and me grew up in the middle-class homes in Lakewood, California. Um, yep. And so we heard things like that, don't, you know, the, the, they can get a job. I heard the same right. thing. Believe me. Right. Um, we don't know their beginnings. No. We don't know their parents. We don't know how they came into this world. We don't mm. know what they mm-hmm. went through. Right. And a lot of times they have horrible, horrible, sad stories. And all they are doing is experiencing life with what they have. And a lot of times it becomes addiction. Oh, yeah. It becomes alcoholism. It becomes just because they're fighting themselves because they didn't. I mean, some people don't have the best guidance. Um, there is all different classes in this world. But love, like we talked about, is always dominant. I right. am the same as you, Joaquin, and I experienced it with my mother now. We have a homeless guy that's always over by a Walmart we visit. My mom gives us five, ten dollars We always give money when he sees us. He waves. It is the most beautiful feeling. I love that. We don't know everybody's feelings, so we can't cast judgment. No, and that's what it was, right? That, that's all it was. It was, it was just and it judgment. Was a bummer, and it was a bummer, Yeah. but waking up. Right. Changing your mindset. No, did I ever tell you the story about Charlie? I don't, I don't think I did. Um, Charlie was a homeless guy um, that I met recently um, in the last six, eight months, whatever. Anyway, um, like I said, now when I see somebody on the streets, I, I always, you know, if, not in every circumstance, but certainly right. most circumstances, I try to uh, connect in some way, even if it's just with a smile or a wave or a namaste or whatever, whatever I, whatever I do, um, try to, and I certainly in my mind and in my heart, give them, send them love energy and healing and and whatever way I can. And that's powerful too. But, uh, I came out of the dollar tree one day and, um, there was this guy on a, on a BMX bike, um, had a backpack on. He was probably in his early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, just dirty, disheveled, um, you could, I mean, you know, I've done my drug den days, so I know what a drug addict looks like, and he looked like a drug addict. Um, looked like, I mean, he literally looked like the guy that was going to go rip, you know, rip off your stereo out of your car. I mean, he was tattooed. He was rough, really rough. Um, but I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to go up and, and talk to this guy. And so I went up and I asked him, uh, you know, what's your story? You know, that's all we tell you. So tell me, tell me what's going on. What brought you here? And he was taken aback at first, you know, he kind of, he kind of sat back on his, on his bike seat and didn't really know how to react to me because I can guarantee you that there wasn't many people coming up to this dude and asking him what his story was. But I know, I know, I know he felt my energy and he knew I didn't have any ill motives or anything. So he said, well, you know, I've been on the street for about five years. And uh, I said, well, what brought you here? What, what, you know, obviously it wasn't your choice. He said, no, he said, I was married early. He said, I'm, I married my high school sweetheart out of school. We were 18 and we got married. We had five kids in the first five years we were married. Um, he said about eight or so years ago, she got sick and she died on me. Uh, but she was the breadwinner in the house. She had a corporate job. She was the one that kept all the clothes, clothes on the kids and everything. And uh, she, she died suddenly. And I couldn't take care of the kids. I, I didn't have the resources or the job that could do that. He said I was working, but I didn't have near enough to, to feed five kids or anything. So they went and lived with her mom, her, you know, their grandparents. Yeah. And as life kept going, I realized that I, I couldn't even survive on my own with what I was doing. So, you know, one thing led to another and I was on the streets. I was trying to fend for myself. And I said, so are there any drugs, alcohol involved? He said, yeah. He said, you know, I've been hooked on heroin for about the last three years. I said, has that been something that he said, you know what's funny? And and it was really weird because we got to a space where we were really just talking back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, I, I, uh, 
when I was married to my wife and, and even in high school and that, he said, the only thing I ever did was he said, I'd have a few beers. He said, I, he, I never smoked pot. He goes, I never drank, never did anything. He said, uh, but when I got on the streets, man, he goes, it was just, uh, the pain was so excruciating of not knowing where my next, next meal was coming from, of not, not knowing where I was going to sleep at night, you know, getting rousted by cops all the time. He said, I just, the pain was so much. And he goes, you know, I just fell into this negative space of, you know, of this heroin addiction. And, you know, it it just was, and and then, you know, it got deeper, dude, because then I said, okay, you know, what, what brought that pain about? You know, I understand all these things. I understand losing it. He said, you know what, dude? He goes, I thought a lot about it. And he goes, you know what? I never had a chance to grieve for my wife. He goes, I never, I never had a chance to grieve because I had five kids. He goes, I was trying to just keep moving, you know, in my life. He goes, I never had a chance to grieve. And it all hit me when I was on the streets, all this pain, all this love I had for my wife and she was gone and my kids are now gone and everything's gone. And now here I am on the streets and he goes, the pain was just so much that, you know, whatever I was finding, you know, whatever he was doing was numbing him from that pain. And that's why people do drugs. Uh, Dude, I just, and by the end of this, you know, I'm in full tears. I'm hugging this dude. I'm, you know, giving him 10 bucks, stuff, 10 bucks in his pocket. I'm, I'm like, dude, listen, man, I need you to understand one thing. I need you to understand that there's love in this world and there are people that love you and don't ever fucking give up on yourself, man. Don't ever give up on yourself because there's a brighter day ahead. I know it doesn't look like it. I understand that, that, that the things that you're seeing and, and you're experiencing right now are dark, but you've got to continue. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep pushing on because I can tell you, man, I've been where you've been. Um, I've been on the streets. I've been addicted. I've been, you know, in dark, dark spaces in my mind where I thought I couldn't get out, you know, uh, dropping to my knees, man, dropping to my fucking knees, crying out to God because I, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And here I am today in a situation where I, I feel good. I'm living the truth. I'm, 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 I'm healing myself and, and those around me. And, and it was just, it was just an amazing situation, but it made me think, had I remained programmed there, had I remained in these patterns that my parents gave me, I would have never had that. I would have never had that experience in my life. I would have judged this guy for, I would have said, this guy's probably going to break into my car. I need to rush over to my car. So he doesn't steal my stereo. And I would have pulled out and never thought about the guy again. Yep. But yes, but, but because, but because I'm aware, yeah. but because I no longer buy into the things that I've been handed in my life, because I understand now what makes me feel good and what the truth is in the world, I can go now have an experience with this guy and not be fearful and not be afraid and not be judgmental and have a connection with him that hopefully inspires him to get out of the situation he's in. Now, I don't know, I don't know what his situation is. I don't know if he's still on the street. I don't know what the deal is, but I do know that for about five to 10 minutes there, he and I had a moment of love and we experienced love with each other. We listened to each other. We hugged each other. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to cry right now. We hugged each other and we, and we, we experienced what, what God intended us to experience. Yep. And I hope, and I hope and I pray that it inspired him enough to get his shit together and figure out a way to get off the streets and get off heroin and, and get back to, to, you know, uh, being more in alignment with what this experience on earth is, which is joy. It's not depression. It's not sadness. It's not grief. It's not pain. It's joy. And that's what God wants us to have joy. I was going to say one of the things with you and me and a lot of people like us and being more aware and, awareness of woken up and stuff you know what i i truly care about the people because around here we have a big homeless population as, as well as many cities in the united states but uh, around here in austin you know they're now debating with new laws about panhandling and you know and this and that right. whatever right you know it's just uh i i take a really heart to homeless people because uh, you know a lot of them just say, a lot of people i hear it all the time and i'd least look at the comments on the local feeds and people just saying well you know they're all addicted to and you just explained it beautiful. Put yourself in that position. Put yourself through that pain. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like, okay, you know, you've got to dull the pain. You, they, right. you get to a point where it's just unbearable. And your will to live is still a will to live. You know, you don't, right. if, if 
homelessness, if there was no will or no love to live, they would all just kill themselves. Right, but they're not. Them. No, but they're, not. they're not. They have that will to live and they're looking for a better day. So right. I, yes, I take, uh, I, I'm very much, very much care about the homeless. I mean, I see the certain ones all the time here and have conversations with them. Yeah, a lot of them are just still going down the road and doing their thing. But, hey, it's like you said, it's that connection. We are all humans, man. And yeah, it, that's, that's what it's about, dude. Um, you can't fault somebody for doing the same yeah. shit we did. Um, look, we may have done it in a different situation. What, am I better than them because I have a roof over my fucking head? That's retarded, dude. That, right. That's the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever seen. The things that this guy was experiencing were the same things. I, I've been through grief in my life. I've done drugs in my life. I've been addicted to things in my life, and that's what he was doing. He was trying to numb himself from the pain that his world, that the world he created in his mind was giving him. Okay, that's what he was doing, and that's what I've done, and that's what you've done in your life. We numbed it with alcohol. We numbed it with drugs. We numbed it with sex and running around and being stupid. We did all sorts of stupid stuff, yeah. but we did that to distract ourselves from the pain we felt at the core of our being. Yes. And yes. that's what this person's doing, and they're no different than I. Nope. None whatsoever. And and then, you know, there's this, this stigma around, you know, yeah, they're just going to go get more drugs or go get more alcohol. Anyway, I'm not going to give them any money. You know how many times I've freaking heard that, dude? The reality of it is, is who cares? I don't care what they do with my money. I what really I do care that. is that they understand that they're loved. They understand that they're cared for. And they understand that there's people that are willing to see them as people. Yeah. not just some homeless piece of crap vagrant on the street that isn't worth anything. Um, that, that's not the way we heal in this world. That's not the way we unify. And that's not the way we move into a space of, of conscious awakening. We, can, we can't do that. We have to do that. So anyway, I know that was a long-winded thing on homelessness, but right. it, 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 it brings my point back to programming, which is I was programmed to believe certain things in my life, directly from my parents and and subsequently i'm sure from their i'm sure their parents told them the same thing so they were just you know regurgitating what they were taught through fear um but look, but, look how many stories are on the news about how to raise your children too a lot of parents just go oh i i saw this interesting story on the news how to raise my children in this and then before you know it they're putting their spin on what they got from the media right because people, because people don't understand what it means to raise a child. Um, ch children need one thing and one thing only, and that's love and all the things that come from love. That's it. That's all they need. I can assure you that if you give your children love, pure love, without judgment, without programming, without fear, you just give them love, they're going to end up being okay. They're going to end up being – they may not meet your expectations – they may not do what you dream them to do, but the reality is, is they're always going to be okay because they understand where their love comes from. They understand they're supported. They, they feel confident. They feel good because they understand they have a foundation of love from their parents. That's it. And embrace and, their and, creativity. And it, oh, so important that they do that. Oh, I'm um, advocate for that. It, it, it's, it's huge because every child has create a creative force within them. And it's oh, different yeah. for every kid. So every child is, is different. Some are art, some are music, some are academia, some are, are working, uh, uh, you know, uh, with their hands and tools. Uh, there's just so many creative things that come out of each individual expression of, of and humanity. Get, and then you get um, passions, and that just all comes to, that's, that's the way I wish I was raised, and that's the way oh, I want to raise my children. Of yeah. course. But but we weren't. But the beautiful thing is, is that now we we were awakened in enough time to affect our children positively. Yeah. Um, with love, with support, and understanding, without fear. Um, you know, the, the the fear comes from lots of different places. But a lot of times, your parents have such a rigid idea of what they want you to be and who they want you to be that they they try to thrust that upon us in 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 very powerful ways. Um, programming being one of them. Um, certainly they don't know they're programming us, but when you keep pounding the same idea into a kid's head, yeah. um, ultimately it's going to have some effects. And those effects are typically, you know, my actions are going to mimic my parents' actions. And I want to do what is in alignment with the people I revere in my life. I want to make, I want to make them proud. I've heard you say that many times about your dad. You just wanted to make him proud. Well, you, just wanted to, you just wanted to make him, you know, proud of you in whatever way. So you did a lot of shit in your life that you definitely didn't have your heart in to yeah. try to make to try to make him proud, right? Yeah. 
And that didn't make you feel good. And I can assure you that if he was in a space of awakening, if he understood the truth, he would have never done that. He he would have just said, Eric, I love you. Do whatever it is that makes you happy in life. And that's it. That's where it ends. That's where it ends. There is nothing else, right? Right. That's it. Do whatever it is that makes you happy in life. Because if you're happy, I'm happy. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. If you're happy, if you end up being a happy, well-adjusted adult and you have joy in your heart, I'm happy. And that's all that matters. That's it. That's where it ends. I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care who you're with. The reality of it is, is that if you're happy as your parent, I want you to know that I'm happy too. And that makes me happy. And that's it. I mean, that's where, that's where parenting should should end. As a parent, we have to guide our kids to their age where their brains develop because immaturity still plays a part. So they will think, oh, they don't mind if I'm happy, so I'm going to eat three bags of candy or I'm going to do Well, well, okay. That's where parenting comes in. Of course. Well, guidance and programming are completely different, right? If If you're guiding your children and inspiring them with love, yeah. Then there's there's no there's no rigid expectations. Though. Right, right. You're just trying to avoid them from the pitfalls that could hurt them, and I do that every day too, with my kids. But that's different than having some rigid expectation right. of them leading some life of you know you have these these you know my mom I'm sure and I'm sure your mom did have these visions of me being on the street being a drug dealer a drug addict and. <laughs> you know, a gang, gang member, whatever, whatever, you know, fear was running through the media at the time, you know, they watch the news and then they think their kids are going to be like that. So they start parenting out of fear. And the next thing you know, I think I was a crip for a while, man. (laughs) You probably were. They were, they were all African-Americans. A Lakewood Lakewood crip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, that nasty old Lakewood crip. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You better watch out for them. Yeah. Um, But but it, 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 how funny is that, that that fear runs that rampant in your mind? You know, you can watch something on the media and, and it becomes so powerful to you that you, you believe your children are going to end up like that. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that's the power of programming. And, and like I said, the, you know, the programming that comes from parents, teachers, whoever, leads to patterns in our life. I mean, that's basically what people need to understand is is the programming that we've endured in our life, the programming that we've been subjected to, leads us to patternistic living, which is subconscious living, which is lower than consciousness, which is just this, this automatic response to everything in our life. And that's not, that's not awakened to freedom, man. That's not a conscious life. That, that, that's, a, that's a low level energy living. It's, it's what I call numb life. You know, you live this numbness. You just, you just don't, you don't, you're not connected to anything. You but can't you believe, stop. Do you believe people are just, they find their content and happiness or do you, you believe their heart? No, I know my heart no, 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 no. I think at the core of everybody, see, because that's not how, that's not who we are. And that's right. not that we all know that we're joyous, loving beings. at some part of us. That's why we have to return to love to understand that. Yeah. But people will fight it, it, it tooth and nail and say, I'm happy, I'm contented, I'm, everything's fine because of the blah, 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 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's just protecting your, your patterns, protecting yeah. your pain. Because, again, that's what we've been programmed to do is, is oh, I, can't, I can't question what my parents taught me. Are you kidding me? I revere my parents. I could never do that. My pastor told me that I'm going to hell if I blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so you protect it, right? you find ways to protect your unhappiness and it's what a sad, sad thing to say, but that's what, that's what we do. We find ways to stay in this cognitive dissonance, which is just an unhooking and an unbelief in reality. Um, in, in reality, you're a child of God. You have joy in your heart. You have love in your soul. And that's the truth. And anything that's not in alignment with that will not bring us happiness, joy, or contentment. It will bring us conflict on the inside and confusion and pain. Now, people mask it well. They, 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 they would never admit to it. You know, they're, they're going to hide it tooth and nail. They're going to do whatever they can to try to say, no, 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 that's not me. Well, the reality of it is, is unless you're living a life that is joyous and happy and contented and free of, of this crap that we've been handed, uh, what we call a fear-free life or an ego-free life, 
um, it's not, it's, it's, you're, you're never going to feel completely the way you should. You're never going to be awake. You're never going to understand how freaking glorious this world is, bro. And it is absolutely amazing. It, this, this world is phenomenal. It's well beyond the things we've been programmed to believe. Um, you know, this negative, negative frame of mind, this, this scary, oh shit, there's not enough. And you know, this guy's out to get me. And what about this? And what about death and cancer? And, you know, dude, slow down for a second. Slow down. Right. We're here in this moment. We are here in this moment. And the reason we're here, we're only here for one reason. There's only one fucking reason that anybody is here right now breathing. And that's to experience joy and to experience the glory that God gave us. Period. That's it. Everything else that isn't in alignment with that has been handed to us by a world that's been fueled by fear and separation from God and feeling that we're separate from God and we're feeling like God's going to judge us. And it's crap. It's total horseshit. And we cannot continue to believe that and feel contented and joyous and heal and be inspiration to other people and help other people and connect other people and bring peace to this world unless we understand that concept. Right. We are here yeah. for one reason, one reason only. I mean, I mean you, really could, you couldn't say it any better. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It that's does. It's, it. it's all in that. The, the, the whole truth is there. The whole truth it's, is there. And this is just our physical realm being here. I mean, we go on. Yes, of we course. And we were here before we were here. Yeah. Yet, you know, and, and, and that's one thing people, this is a constant thread of light, a constant, just, it's, no, it's infinite, right? Meaning before time began and, and after time ends. This right. is an infinite experience that we're having. Right. This is just our worldly, carnal experience to express and experience the joys and the wonders of this amazing earth that we live on and in this universe that, we, that we're connected to. And boy, it's amazing when you can see it that way. Yeah. But if you're consumed by fear and you're, and you're programmed to believe and, and, and having these patterns of pain that take you away and make you depressed and anxious and, and holy crap, man, it could be it could, it's hell on earth. The definition of heaven and hell, right? You, you have, you it's have, right here. It's, right, it's here. right here. It's right in front of you. People read you, the Bible and I think the Bible to me, to me, and I don't want to get in a long conversation because we got to wrap up this show. And No, I know and have many more conversations, but uh, the Bible to me is like a battlefield. It's, te- it's training you for a battle in your mind, your ego, most of the time. Yes. It's, 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 it's really an, it's the story, like you said, it's everything. It's, it's all love. It is. It's all love in the end. You know, it's a whole Bible, and it's saying these things, but these are like all the things in your head. One, they were written by men, so it was in their head. Of course. But, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of the, the world we're living in now. Well, here, here, here's, here's the truth of that is the reality. And you can look at one story, and the story is all the same. <clears throat> when the man is laying on his deathbed, okay, and he's, he's on his last breath, he's on his last day on earth, whatever it is, he never says ever and never has uttered these words, I wish I would have worried more. I wish yeah. I would have I wish I would have made more money. I wish I would have of of um you know been more consumed with what this world had to offer. No. Every single person said I wish I would have loved more. I wish I would have given more experience to love because that's the reality of it. And and what we're trying to do here through this program and and through whatever we're doing in the world is to try to to bring people to understand you don't have to wait till your deathbed to do that. If you can wake up to the fact that love is everything right now and that, that everything you ever desired is, is in the realm of love, you can wake up to that now and experience it for the rest of your life so you don't have regrets and remorse and guilt on your deathbed. You don't want that. You don't want that. So it's, it's important that we understand that too. Um, anyway, yeah, you're right. We'll wrap it up. Uh, programming. We all are. Um, that We can't escape it. it. It still happens to this day. Um, I think when we, when we talk again, whenever that is, we need to talk about how we can deprogram ourselves. How do, how do we, how do we get away from programming? Well, I'm going to put you on the spot right now and just say, we're going to talk next week because this has been great. Okay. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to want to keep on going with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the key. As long as people can accept the fact that they have been 
and understand that, 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 that what subsequently comes from programming is patternistic life, a life of patterns and subconscious living, a numb life where you're just – Even habits. Bought, huh? Even habits. We pick up oh, habits. habits. Huge, huge. I mean, everything, anything that's self-destructive. Oh, right comes comes from fear. We shouldn't be dis- d- destructive be destructive towards ourselves. Why why do we do that? Why why do I overeat? I do that because I have a lack of self worth in me. Because I believe that I'm not worthy of the love and the joy that I'm here to experience. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. I, it, I I hear it all the time. These people are looking at the end, not the means, and they're trying to say. Well, it's the diet, and I yo-yo, and I go up and down. No, bullshit. You, what, you, what you haven't done is dealt with the emotional issues of why you overeat. Exactly. You have not come to terms with how divine you really are. And when you do that, when you truly do that, you would never want to overeat or eat processed foods or fast foods again. You wouldn't want to smoke cigarettes. You wouldn't want to drink. You wouldn't want to do drugs. You wouldn't want to smack your wife around or yell and scream at your kids. You know why you wouldn't want to do that? Because you honor yourself and you honor your life and the joy you're here to experience. Yeah. And that's what we need to figure out. How do we deprogram? How do we get away from the patterns that lead us to pain? And if you're saying next week, the next week it is, and that's what we'll talk about, and we'll, and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, you get, you get some uh, study. I, I have a day off a week. Next week, the same day I'm off. We'll Sweet. And uh, it'd be awesome. Joaquin, I love you. I, mean, yeah, I love you too, brother. I'll see if my wife will join me too. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, All I right. love hearing with Deanna and stuff. And then, like I said, if she ever wants to record some segments for people with meditation, we can put it on the show and just, yep. you know. Let's do it. Let's do it, brother. All right. Love you. All right. Have a great day. Everybody you too, bro. Walking uh, and we will be, we're not going to say part two. It's just conversation. So next no, week, we're, yeah, just one extended conversation. It just, it just yeah. there's, there's so much to it, and you don't want to rush through it. So that, that's no, it. Exactly. Uh, if anybody wants to call in, uh, you can call a number. It goes through recording. And if anybody wants to email the show as well, uh, walking and, and my, we take questions. Uh, I actually have uh, some stuff from Michelle Nuez that I'll share next week with you, Joaquin. Great. Yeah, really please. Cool stuff. Uh, yes. and, uh, we'll talk after that. Let's do it, brother. I love you. Have, have a good weekend. You as well. Talk soon. All right, bro. Bye. Thanks a lot. Thanks a whole lot. Come on,